Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Yo, what's up, guys? Welcome into another edition of the Cyclone Fanatic Podcast. It's a new episode of Corner 3 here on a Tuesday morning, presented as always by our friends at Mechdyne. Love all of the folks up there at the Mechdyne Corporation. If you want to learn more about them, check them out at mechdyne.com. Uh, on today's episode of Corner 3, getting ready for Thursday night's game against the Iowa Hawkeyes over in Iowa City. We talked to Iowa State men's basketball assistant coach Nate Schmidt. Chris Williams caught up with uh, Iowa State women's basketball coach Billy Fennelly. The Iowa State women will take on Iowa on Wednesday over in Iowa City. And like I said, the men play on Thursday. So we'll hear from Coach Schmidt first, then we'll hear from Coach, uh, Coach Billy and Chris here on the Cyclone Fanatic Podcast Network after this message. Welcome back in here on Corner 3 on the Cyclone Fanatic Podcast Network. Of course, previewing uh, a big week here for... Uh, the men's and women's basketball teams with it being Cyhawk week, a trip over to Iowa city coming up. Uh, we joined now by Iowa state men's basketball assistant coach, Nate Schmidt, uh, coach appreciate you taking the time with us today. We're not going to make you talk about the Hawks all the, the whole time, but, uh, it had to get you on with the big game coming up on Thursday. Definitely, man. Appreciate it a ton. You know, really proud of how our guys have been playing. And, you know, since we last talked, we've had some, some great wins and some really, uh, you know, fought through some adverse times and, you know, really proud of how our guys have been working. So let's go. Uh, we haven't talked or anything since you guys went out to Portland and I, I came away really impressed with what, what this team was able to do while they were out there. Um, I mean, the win over Villanova was just, was gritty. I felt like it was like, man, you just had to figure out a way to win. And then, you know, that UNC game for Caleb to play the, the way that they, that he did, uh, going out there, how did you guys feel, you know, what would have been a successful trip to you going out there? Obviously I think what ended up happening was a really successful trip, but I guess what was your mindset going into it? Obviously you want to win three games, but you know what I mean? Yeah, no question. I, I think for us, it was, you know, just to see, you know, playing three high major opponents and just seeing how competitive and how tough and how, you know, how much we can pressure the ball and rebound and kind of dictate, you know, both offensively and defensively, you know, I think obviously going two and one and the, and the two wins we had, we're extremely happy with and wish we could have got the third one, but um, super, super proud of how our guys played, competed, 
uh, you know, rebounded the basketball, scored it in the paint. So I think overall we learned a lot about our team and was really happy with the toughness and, and grit that they showed throughout it. The performance that Caleb put on against North Carolina was one of the most incredible things I think I've seen since I've been covering Iowa State basketball just because it was so I don't know the best way to put it. It it was unexpected, you know, like just because you you knew Caleb has that ability to start to fill it up if he really gets rolling, but I'd never seen him shooting like that. And some of the shots that he was attempting late in the game are things that I never would have considered him in most scenarios being a good shot, but it's like the second he'd rise up and shoot it, you knew he, it was going in, you know, yeah. uh, what did you, what did you think about that from, from his perspective and just like, what was it maybe that that day was just different? Why was it Caleb Grill's day? Yeah. I mean, he, he enjoys the moment. Um, you know, I think me and him talked about going into it and even a couple of years back when we were at UNLV playing in the Maui, uh, we played Alabama and he, I think he went seven for nine or something like that from three and had 28 points or something. So I've seen him do it before. And we even kind of joked about it and talked about it. Like, you know, a couple of years ago playing an MTV, you had a big performance. So for him, it was great to see all the hard work pay off, you know, and he's had some ups and downs with his shooting, but you know, the biggest thing for him is just staying consistent and follow, you know, holding his follow through, having a great base and just shooting the same shot every time. I think sometimes he can get a little excited and, you know, he shoots it too quick or shoots it too deep or, you know, whatever it may be. But it was it was awesome to see his consistency really pay off and just the work that he's been putting in every day. He's one of those guys that I feel like when when he gets a good one off, you can really tell almost right away. It's like it, it, the second it leaves its hands, it's like that one's going in, you know. Mm -hmm. And that night, for whatever reason, it, every time that he shot the ball, I thought it was going in. It, it was just he just got rolling. I think even his teammates were just like, just keep giving the ball to Caleb, keep giving the ball to Caleb. This guy's just on a roll. That was uh, impressive, especially against the opponent to be able to do that. Uh, I was really impressed to have been really impressed with what Robert Jones has been able to do for this team and the improvement that he's made from last year uh, into this season. I thought that game was a good example of that with him going up against Armando Baycott and, you know, maybe early in the game, not quite have your shots falling the way that you want them to, but you just keep battling, keep battling, keep battling. And that was, how have you seen him take a step forward this season? Uh, I think confidence again is probably one of the big things for him that you notice. Yeah, definitely. I think it goes back to, again, just his player development and the work that he's putting in and, you know, how much better he's got, you know, from last year to this year. And, it's been huge. You know, he's, he's been a force for us offensively and he's someone that we can throw the ball into and, and good things have constantly been happening. And he brings a physicality to our offense that we, we desperately need. And he's been a great option, you know, throwing it inside to him. What is, uh, what are those battles in the paint? Like in practice, uh, Oshun was talking yesterday after the game about how there's no fouls in practice. Uh, I imagine that this, is this a no blood, no, can't say a word type of situation. Yeah, it's pretty close to that. It's pretty close to that. And obviously how we, how we defend the post, it's not fun for our post players. So, you know, when we do throw it in the post, uh, in practice, it's not a lot of fun, uh, just because of how, how we guard the post. So, uh, it's definitely, definitely a lot of fouls, definitely a lot of uh, cylinder fouls as mm -hmm. they, as I love to call them, but you know, it's a, it's physical and it's, it's helped both of them. I think it's helped Rob, um, having to guard Shun and just his touch and finesse around the rim. And it's also, you know, made Shun a better defender, just having a battle with Rob every day. And, you know, where Rob's physical and puts his head down and puts his shoulder right through your chest every, every time.
how much has it helped you guys just having those two that you can drop it down to on the block and let them go to work and not have to rely on always being able to get to the rim for the perimeter or shooting three pointers. It's been huge. I mean, it's, it's truly has been a, a, a huge part of our offense. And again, we've talked about it and coach TJ's talked about it a ton, but just trying to constantly get to the paint. And it's a great option when early in possessions, you can throw it in and trust those guys to make the right decision. You know, if they don't have anything, throw it out. We continue to play, try to get another paint touch or, you know, if they can get right to the front of the rim, you know, they're getting a foul or a, a bucket right at the rim. So it's been huge for our offense. Those guys have been extremely productive and we're going to continue to go to them and rely on them for our offense. That game yesterday against St. John's was one. I'm not sure how, you know, what the numbers are all going to look like and things when the season ends, how impressive that win's going to look on your quote unquote resume. But I thought it was impressive when you consider the style of play that St. John's was going to bring to the table with really trying to get up and down. That was going to be a great challenge for you guys in your transition defense and being disciplined offensively. I mean, I, it's hard to say that, you, that it wasn't an A-plus, I think, for the way that the team handled those things. What was it that allowed them to come out and, and set the tone really early against a team that has the ability to kind of get things snowballing on you pretty quick? Yeah, I think for us, it was a two-way street, you know, dictating on both ends of the court where, you know, obviously our defense was great early for us, but also offensively, we didn't take the bait. We didn't just jack early shots. We only had two turnovers against their press for the whole game where, you know, they're normally in the mid-teens trying to turn people over against their press. So that was huge for our offense, and I think it it worked both ways. We were getting great shots offensively. We were attacking the rim. We were getting putting pressure on the paint. And that allowed our defense to constantly get set. They didn't get out in transition with a lot of live ball turnovers, or a lot of quick threes where now they're pushing it and that's how they want to play. So I think both ends, we did a great job of really dictating and, and playing the game the way that we wanted to play it. See, and that was something I thought was uh, that really stood out to me after the game when Jaron came in and talked to the, to the media, you know, he talked about how they know they're not a team that can win putting up a bunch of three pointers, you know, like they know exactly what they need to do. And he felt like they did a really good job of running the offense and not buying into what St. John's wanted you to buy into. And that stuck out to me because it, it shows a self-awareness that this team has the leaders of the team have where it's like, you know, you see a lot of teams sometimes where they, they probably know deep down that they're not a team that should run up and down and shoot a bunch of three pointers, but they do it anyway, because it's just like, it's convenient. You know, if, if, or if that, I think that's a good, probably the better way to put it, but it's like, it seems like these guys not only know what they're good at, but they know what they're not as good at. And it's like, we're going to lean so heavy into that other side that it's not even going to, you're not going to think about the flaws. Yeah, no, I, I think credit to Gabe, Caleb, Jaron, uh, Taman, you know, jazz, especially of, of just not taking the bait, you know, and understanding that we can get great shots. We can get, you know, paint kick out threes late in the shot clock and, we showed a lot of clips of just early threes that are kind of open, semi-open where they're taking the bait and some guys running at them and now it's a miss and now they're flying it back at you. And we showed our guys a ton of that. So it wasn't about, Hey, you know, don't shoot the ball early. It was more, we can get great shots. Let's not, let's not take the bait ever. Let's not do what they want us to do. Let's do exactly what we want to do. And I think we were able to get some great shots. You know, Gabe had one in the, First half, Caleb had one in the second half of just inside out, you know, get it in the paint, whether it's a post or a drive, kick it out, wide open shot that, you know, yeah, maybe we kind of had a half open shot at 22 seconds on the shot mm -hmm. clock, but we we were stubborn, you know, with our offense in a good way and, and 
you know, those shots are coming because, you know, they weren't really trying to guard for the whole possession. They wanted to turn it over, get a quick shot, and then just push it back on offense. We're recording this for the people listening. We're recording this on Monday. So it's still probably pretty early for, for coach and his scout of, uh, of Iowa. But what can you tell me about the, the Hawkeyes right now? What are going to be the big things for you guys here over the next several days and getting ready for this game Thursday night? Yeah, I think definitely similar to St. John's as far as dictating how we want to play and, and how we want the tempo to be. Um, you know, they're a very aggressive transition offensive team and just trying to make sure that we're doing doing what we need to do offensively to make sure our defense can get set, not putting our defense in a bad situation where, you know, it's it's a lot of transition and they're just flying it at us. So constantly get the ball in the paint, you know, whether that's a drive, whether that's a cut, whether that's a post-up, whether we talked about with Rob or Shun, but constantly dominating the paint, making sure we're attacking the rebounds on both ends and making sure we're, our defense is constantly getting set. Awesome. Thanks, Coach. We'll uh, catch up with you again down the road, and uh, good luck on uh, Thursday night. Awesome. Appreciate it, man. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, guys, thanks for listening. Let's bring in my main man, Billy Finley. He is an assistant coach for the Iowa State women's team. And um, a massive matchup coming up on Wednesday night at Iowa in Carver Hawkeye Arena. couple of ranked teams. This one will be fun. In fact, I think that it's it's got an opportunity to be the, the best game of the week. I think a very, a very good opportunity to be that. And there's a lot that goes into Iowa and Iowa state with the women's game ESPN two, six o'clock tip Wednesday night. And Billy Finley joins me now coach. Uh, great start to the season. How are you? My friend, welcome to the show for the first time in good. many, you'll be on a lot I know. this year. Good yeah, to have you. I appreciate I appreciate that, Chris. Yeah, we're uh, we're excited. It feels like it's, it's we've been a long time since we played. We, uh, as you know, got to uh, enjoy Portland, which which was a great. It really felt like, and you were there, and, and you've done monster games, obviously with us and the men there. But it really felt like an NCAA tournament. Yeah. Um, just, I mean, everything that they did was first class, and the way they ran it. But also, you're playing Michigan State. And then you had a couple of days to prepare, and then you're playing in a North Carolina team that, you know, is in the top ten, and it just really felt like um, some really high, high level basketball right away. Obviously, it didn't end. You know, the last uh, ten minutes didn't end the way we wanted it to, and you know, we've gone back and looked at a lot of that and how we can get better from that. But to have that experience in late November, I think will hopefully play pay dividends for us as the season goes along, and. Uh, you know, if we can learn something from that now and, and be better because of it, uh, then then we'll be a lot better off. But we're, we're getting ready to enter a really tough four-game stretch, obviously, uh, Wednesday night over there on the other side of the state. Uh, we played Jacksonville at home, whose only two losses are at Kansas and at South Florida, or are both probably top 25 teams. And then we go, we play Villanova, who's a top 25 team on a neutral site. And then we host Drake, who uh, took Iowa to overtime uh, just a couple weeks ago. So, um, really important mm. two weeks for us before we hit Christmas and 
and hit the Big 12, which uh, we all know is tough as well. So we're excited about the opportunity and uh, ready to get after it. I um, I wanted to ask you about the North Carolina game, not to dwell on it, but I, you know, I'm a big believer. I, I think when I was younger, I used to panic like when certain things would happen. And then the older I've gotten, you realize that all opportunities are important, but everything that happens in November kind of shapes your basketball team in February and March. And I was uh, just as a huge fan of the the women's program. I was just dejected getting ready to call that men's game the other night after that game. Um, just and I, and I can only imagine what it was like to be in that locker room because the teams played so good for three quarters. The first half may have been the best half of basketball you've played all year. And then what, I guess what happened, uh, a two-part question for you, coach, what happened and how did your team respond to that? Cause they, they obviously come out and beat and, and when it's, when their next game by 50 or, or whatever it was, but within that locker room, how, how is that being used and how, how was that used to, to make yourselves better for the stretch run? Yeah, I mean, I think for us, it, it had been a thing where all year long, uh, you know, we had found, I, I say all year long, uh, in the two games, you know, the Northern Iowa game and then the North Carolina game that both were very close, won one and lost one. There was a five or six minute stretch in each of those games where we, you know, went cold and couldn't get a stop. Whether they made some tough shots, you got to give them credit, uh, both of those teams. Um, but obviously there's something that we can learn from that and something that we can do better to, so that instead of a 24 to three run or, you know, an 18 to two run, those runs turn into, you know, 14 to seven, 14 to eight, you know, just again, it's going to happen. It's basketball. You're playing great teams. They're going to make a run at you, especially when they're down. Mm-hmm. Um, but just, just trying to limit that to, to getting completely out of hand. Um, and, you know, I think honestly, in a weird way, and, and you were there and people who watched it, when we went into halftime, I felt like the game was tied and we were up 13. Mm-hmm. You know, like I felt like I felt like we could have easily been up 20. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the message to our players is we got up 17 midway through that second quarter. And, you know, how do we get it from 17 to 22 as opposed to 17 to 13? Now they have a little momentum. And give them credit. Like we, were, I thought we played really good defense the first 15 minutes of that game. They didn't have anything working. We we defended them the right way, and then they just gave the ball to a kid who's going to be a pro, and she put her head down and drew back to back fouls on Lex before we could get Lex even out of the game. Now Lex has three fouls, mm. and and we've seen that before. Segue into what's going to happen Wednesday. The last time we went to Iowa City, Lex had three fouls in the first half to change the game. Um, and so I think that our defense is predicated on obviously the defensive player of the year in our conference. And when she's on the kid that we want her on, everybody else is at ease. Everybody else is comfortable in their role. When we had to change that, you know, the kid shot 15 free throws. She shot more free throws than we did um, in that North Carolina game. And then still after all that, you know, Lex and M and Ash, I can say this because they said it to themselves. I think they were like, I think they were combined like eight for 38 and I could be, don't specifically quote me on that, but it, it's some crazy number that I don't think we'll see again the rest of the year. Yeah. Not and like. after all that said and done, it's 64, 64 
with 45 seconds to go, you know, and um, so can I, I guess if there's two? something to take away from that. Can I add to Coach, not to interrupt, but North Carolina didn't miss it during that whole stretch. It was incredible. Exactly. It was incredible. Yeah, and, and I think all those things happen, and that's how that's how you get beat. But the one good thing to take out of that, I think, is that all those things had to happen for us to get beat. Steph got a third foul, so she sits on the on the bench for two or three extra minutes. And it's really not it's not the third foul. It's maybe the first foul that okay, you know, gets called in a game that's starting to get whatever, and you don't even really think about it at the time. But then all of a sudden you go bing bing, and now you got three, and then you get another one. Now you got four, and um, those are the things that that we got to be smarter at as the game's going on. But but how can we push it from ten to fifteen up to twenty so that you can sustain a run, you know, an eight oh, a ten oh run, and still feel like you're in control of the game? Yeah, that that's really good. That's really good stuff. And it it, it um you you left that knowing like it it was just like the fan of me you want to overreact you ah but then it. it you're so right about everything having to add up to, to equal that result, and, and we move on. So let's do that now. We have a massive um, opportunity uh, with the University of Iowa. Been tough to play there recently, but you guys have had you've had leads in these games. It's not like you go there and, and no-show at Carver-Hawkeye Arena. Uh, the one thing I would say is just a fan of the sport is that you've got a situation where the women's game – uh, with what Caitlin has done, what Ashley has done, and, and some of your younger players are currently doing. The women's game has never had more eyeballs on it in our state, which is phenomenal. And I, I'm i guessing, Billy, that there will be more people watching this Cyhawk women's basketball game than any time before in our history on Wednesday night. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, I would think so, Chris. And uh, I think you're dead on. I think, uh, you know, you're talking about two teams that were picked to win their, you know, respective leagues, two teams that um, were both top three NCAA tournament seeds last year and returned a bulk of their uh, players. Uh, Caitlin Clark's the preseason player of the year in the Big Ten. Ashley Jones, the preseason player of the year in the Big 12. I mean, it doesn't really get much better than that in this state for for our for our teams. Um, and, and that's the way it's been for the last few years, really. I mean, I feel like both of us have been really, really good um, over the last, you know, four, five, six years. Uh, just been on a different level, and it really that also spans into to Drake and you and I. I mean, uh, you and I takes us to the wire a couple of weeks ago. One day after Drake takes Iowa into overtime, so I mean, it really is um, our state. It, we got great high school coaches, great high school uh, players in this state. Uh, obviously, none too better than and Caitlin and Ashley, and uh, they'll be on full display uh, trying to lead their respective teams in, in a huge, huge game that supposedly is going to have, you know, a great crowd, as I'm sure that they will. And uh, it'll be a great environment. And uh, whoever comes out of it, it won't be the end of the year for either team, no. whether you win it or lose it. Um, I think we all have a bigger goals than just winning the Cyhawk game. Um, but I think that's what makes it fun is that, we get to play a big part in this deal, and a lot of people will be paying attention. Uh, the The rivalry is heated, uh, and as you would expect with the Cyhawk game, let's talk about the specific matchup. I am a homer. I think that Iowa State has a better roster. Um, I do like what Stephanie brings to the table this year with Cesano and whatnot. I, I think that that helps the matchup for Iowa State. But um, 
when you're looking at it, coach, and you're like, you're trying to win the game. What, what is, what is the team focusing on as we lead up to Wednesday for the six o'clock tip? I mean, I think for us, it's just, you know, being ready for, for whatever comes at us. I think, you know, they've got, they've got some kids and, and they've, they've played a really tough schedule. They've lost three games, but all three teams are, are, are really, really good. Obviously, yeah. UConn and NC State are in the top 10. Mm-hmm. And they lost at Kansas State by one, in which we all know how hard that is to do. So, yeah. um, you know, they're – and they got arguably the best player in the country leading them. And she can go get you 45. And the next game, she can get you a triple-double. So, it's just very unique, uh, you know, poses a, a unique challenge. But one that, obviously, we've had, the, you know, the ability to defend for two years and uh, – I wouldn't. I wouldn't trade. You know, our game plan and our thoughts uh, for anything. But that doesn't mean that she might not pull up and and just go absolutely crazy. We've all seen those. So I think for us, it's about controlling what we can control. You know, the the, the other kids, the other four. Obviously, um, Nano is as good as anybody on the block. The other ones, you know, we've got to be able to to do our best and, and make sure that you know we try to not make somebody else have a career night because we're going to have our hands full with those two. Mm-hmm. Um, that's that's as good of a guard post duo as there is in the country. And I think we've got a pretty good one in ourselves. But it's it's usually in these games, everyone wants to talk about Ash and Caitlin. Everybody wants to talk about Steph and Cezano. And then it's going to be somebody, none of those four, that are going to greatly impact the game. And I think um, how do we make sure that it's not one of their players and how do we make sure that it is one of our players? And I'm sure they're thinking the exact same thing, but um, that's what makes it fun. It's also too. It's kind of like um, we ha- we have a similar uh, <laughs> hobby and in, in investing, and it's kind of like it's not like you don't you don't count all your wins all the time. It's like don't have the big loss. And there was the one year Ashley went like over eleven there, or right. You, yep. it, it's kind of limiting that. I I just I like Iowa State's chances if everybody just plays their game, and it, that. But that's such a. Such a hard thing in basketball, right? It's why we get out there and go after it. No doubt, no doubt. And I think, you know, for us, we feel like we're going to have some good looks, and we, and we got to knock them down. I felt like we had great looks here in North Carolina, and really, for as good as we are shooting the ball, our numbers aren't there yet, which I guess is somewhat encouraging that we're scoring as well as we have been um, without really going crazy from the three-point line, but also just not not settling for that. And I think that's the big thing, too, is – and, and actually, somebody brought this up to me after the North Carolina game, which is which is true, and, and not to take away from Mo, and Mo's a huge part of our team. Steph is so unique, and we didn't have that last year. You return all of your guards that everybody talks about, but you you added somebody who's super unique on the offensive side of the floor, and you want to get them involved, and you'd be foolish not to. But that's our our kids are learning that on the fly. So I think I think we'll be a much different team come January, February, March when we've played multiple, you know, double-digit games with her. But it is a unique thing for our guards who haven't had that before. And I think there's times where Emily Ryan's overly looking for Steph or somebody else may miss her. Or it's like, okay, if if I can't throw it to Steph, then I'm just going to shoot the three. Like, we've got to still be who we are. Obviously, still trying to get the ball on the block to a kid who's, you know, supremely talented. Um, But also, don't forget who you are and, and what you did last year and who you've always been. Um, and that's what we're working through right now. Coach, best of luck. I will I will be in Vegas. We are doing an event for Iowa everywhere at Circa. We're um, going to be a point spread on the, on the game. 
and we're doing special programming for the Cyhawk men's and women's games coming up this weekend. So I will not see you. That it kills tough me. Tough to assignment. Miss. Tough assignment. <laughs> kills if you me could to take me this. to Circa as opposed to Carver Hawkeye, I would sign up for that every day. Of the well, week, just so you know. Yeah, I mean, if these games were in Ames, I don't think I probably would have booked it for this week. Let's be honest. This is just a good excuse for me to not have to go to Iowa City. Let's be honest. But hey, uh, hey. be watching from the uh, mountains uh, or from the desert that is, and be cheering you on. All right, pal. Give everybody I appreciate it, buddy. All right, love you, man. Take care. Billy Thanks Finnelly. a lot. Go close. Billy Finnelly here on Corner 3. And, of course, all of our women's basketball coverage on Cyclone Fanatic is brought to you by our friends at J Corp Design and Build. Uh, JCorpDesignBuild.com. They created the office that the new Cyclone Fanatic office is in and is absolutely stunning. We love being there. They are phenomenal partners of what we are doing here at Cyclone Fanatic. It's called The Standard. If you go to jcorpdesignbuild.com, you can see uh, you can see a picture of The Standard. It's just, it's just amazing. We love it. Um, with that, thanks for listening. We appreciate you guys. We are amped up and ready for this week. And we'll have a lot of great coverage from Iowa City all week long. For Jared Stansbury, Nate Schmidt, Billy Finley, my name is Chris Williams here on the Cyclone Fanatic Podcast Network.